Welcome to Foothill Christian American Canyons podcast. We hope that this message encourages you and blesses you. All right, well, we're going to continue. We're going to wrap up this series that I've been on, which is uh, The God Who Restores. How many have gotten something out of this? The God Who Restores, amen. How many are a living example of restoration? Raise your hand if you are a living example of restoration. If you haven't raised your hand, you is a liar because God has restored you, all of you, right? God has restored all of us. It doesn't matter uh, how big, how small, He has restored you. And today, I want to touch on, uh, on this again as we close up, and I want to talk on the subject of restoration from suffering. Rest, everybody say that, restoration from suffering. I'm going to rehash some of the stuff I've covered in previous weeks, but I believe that God wants to speak to some people here today. There's this word that none of us ever want to hear, and it's called suffering. None of us will ever go sign up for it. None of us ever care to have it in our life. In fact, when you experience suffering, it seems like it's never, ever going to go away. Whether it's pain, physical pain, emotional pain, spiritual pain, you can feel so completely lost in that suffering that it's never going to go away. How many have ever felt that? feels like you're on an island by yourself and that you're just surrounded by pain. You don't see any glimmer of hope. But I'm so glad that God, God can step in and restore. Amen? You know, the scriptures tell us that we as believers will suffer. And the natural thinking is that when you become a believer, and if you're new believers, you would think, well, God, I'm siding with you now. I chose and I turned my back on the life of, that I used to live, and now I'm choosing you. Why am I still suffering? The Bible says, as believers, we will still suffer for His name's sake. And I'm not just talking about, oh, you're a Christian? Is that why you put your Bible on your desk right there? Is that why you carry a Bible? Oh, you're a special little Holy, Holy Ghost-filled Christian? Is that, you know, I'm not talking about that. That's not persecution, okay? Can we just get that straight? That is not persecution. Now, there is a persecution that you can bring on. And it's called making dumb and unwise choices, right? We've all been there. I don't care who you are here. We have all made foolish choices and suffered because of that. Actually, maybe even suffered persecution because of it. Decisions. And this, this kind of suffering is the worst kind because it never should have taken place. You can, you can actually experience despair, discomfort, grief, pain because of a decision that you made that you regretted from the moment you signed your name on that dotted line or the moment you shook that hand, the moment you bought that car, that house, that boat, that trailer, whatever it was. Or God forbid, the moment you got into that relationship. <laughs> Amen. When we suffer, it can feel once again like it's never going to end. The question I want you to ponder today while I speak to you today is this. How can we remain on the side of victory while we're going through suffering? Because if you haven't suffered this year, I know you suffered last year, just like all of us. There was everything from a church, church outages to TP shortages to toilet paper, for those of you that don't know. But let me remind you again, Jesus has already won the victory. Yes. 
Jesus has given us the victory. And because he's victorious already, he made it possible for you and I to be victorious in our suffering. We don't have to remain afraid, fearful. We don't have to remain um, uh, distant from him. Here's, here's the good news. Even here today, if you are suffering from foolish choices, from unwise decisions that, that you may have made, restoration is still available to you because that's how much your God loves you. That's how much our Heavenly Father says, I, I get it, I see what you did. You learn from it, now let me restore you. Let me take you to a place where you need to be and get you out of that deep mess that you've created. Amen. How many are thankful for a God that forgives? A God that is filled with mercy and grace. Amen. Let me give you the definition of restoration again, which I've given, at, I believe, at the very outset at the on our first um, sermon that I gave on the God who restores. This is out of the Webster Dictionary. It says, the act of replacing into a former state, renewal, revival, recovery from my bad state to bring back to full recovery. How many want to be restored like that? I bet all of us do. I would say all of us want to be restored. Did you know that Jesus was the master restorer? All it takes is for you to read the Gospels and see his life and how he impacted those around him in, in Capernaum where he made, uh, uh, performed the, the majority of his miracles, where he touched the blind, where he touched the, the lame, where he forgave those that came running to him and forgave them on the spot. God Almighty restored these lives. That's what he was in the business of doing, restoring lives. He's restored your life. He's restoring your children's life, your sons, your daughters. He's restoring them right now. It may not look like it, but he's going to bring them and give them a complete restoration. Amen? Amen? Restoring lives was what he came to do. You may be here today and things are falling apart. Relationships, maybe with your spouse, maybe with your siblings, maybe with your Sons or daughters, they may be, not be in the place where they should be. Maybe it's your job. Maybe it's you feeling distanced from the Lord. You can't seem to find that place you were once at in communion with God. And you've distanced yourself. I want to remind you here today that Jesus is here today to bring restoration to your life. Can I get an amen? amen. He is going to restore you to the place where you need to be. There's going to be a uh, scripture on the screen. 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 10. We stand with me as I read this word right here. And it says in the NIV version. And the God of all grace. Who called you to his eternal glory in Christ. After you have suffered a little while will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. Amen. Let's pray. Father in heaven, I pray right now your blessings upon the remainder of this word. Lord, give us ears to hear. Help us to be restored to the condition, to the state that you would desire us to be in. Help us to put off unwise choices and Lord, focus on you today. And Father, we thank you for your mercy, your grace, and restoration. In Jesus' name, and everyone said...
Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Amen. Did you notice he starts off here, and the God of all grace, grace again, speaking to God's unmerited favor, meaning we, we don't deserve it. He gives it to you. Unmerited favor, meaning you don't deserve it, but I'm going to give you his grace. Because if it really was up to a, a judgmental God, he'd have locked us up, thrown away the key, right? A long time ago for all of us. But he didn't do that. He says, no, I've come to give you life and, more, and life abundantly. And, and not only that, but he's giving us his grace. Yeah. Have you ever dealt with something painful in your life? And I, just knowing some of you and, and your stories, of course you have. I, I've, I've seen some of you go through immense things and things that aren't, aren't fair in life. But how many know life is not fair? Life is not fair. It's when we go through painful times that you can possibly begin to even question God or the Word of God. But you said, Lord, but you said you have a plan and a purpose to, to protect me, to prosper me, to bless me. And here I am in the middle of despair. How can a loving God love? I mean, those are the types of things that can begin to, to twist around in your mind. And I'm not saying that's wrong because that's a natural instinct. But can I tell you this? God's word never changes. God's word is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God will never leave you nor forsake you. So maybe the question really is not, not um, Lord, what did you change? But Lord, maybe what do I need to change? What do I need to change, Lord? The other thing in that scripture we just read, says that God himself will restore you. In the King James Version, it doesn't use the word restore, it uses the word perfect. But if you look up the word in the Greek, the original Greek, so the New Testament is, is uh, made in Greek, it's, it's, and, and so you go to the Greek language to understand the, the original, and the Greek means restoration, restoration. So that word perfect, in the NIV, it actually comes out even clearer because it's restoration that the word means there. So, over the next few moments, I want to look at what is the proper response to when we are suffering. What is that proper response? Because again, you may be suffering today, you may, be, you may have suffered last year, but there will be a time of suffering for all of us. So number one, I've got a few, four things I want to look at. Number one, we suffer persecution for following Jesus. Following Jesus. Amen. Now, I believe that we can all agree that as believers in America, we do not receive the same kind of persecution they do in places like China, Korea, South Korea, Russia even. There's missionaries over there in these places. Uh, some of the lands in Africa, in, uh, in Central America, I mean, there, there are some places where they do not want the gospel preached because of one issue or another. They're all spiritual battles. But I believe here in America, and I, I think you would agree with me, we are not on that level or even close to that level. You and I have the freedom to assemble in any church today, on any given day. All of us have that freedom. That is real persecution for preaching the gospel of Christ and being persecuted, literally being killed or beheaded in other countries. 
That, that's actually been a problem. But when you say you're being persecuted because of what you said on social media, on your Facebook post or Twitter, people are attacking you because of that, don't give me that. That's not persecution, okay? I, I want to just make sure you understand what real persecution is. When you open your mouth to say something and declare it on a Facebook post, and don't worry, I haven't read anybody's Facebook. I don't know what you've all posted. But I'm just saying, there are people that will stand up and say, I'm being persecuted because these people are all attacking me because of this post. I, 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 I made a, an opinion and how I felt. Well, next time think about that before you post that, right? None of that is persecution. You placed yourself in that position. Let me read to you John 15 and verse 18. This scripture here. This is what Jesus said. If the world hates you, know that it has hated me before it even hated you. If the world hates you, know that it has hated me before it hated you. The world is going to hate us. Can we just get that straight right now as believers? The world is going to hate us. Why is that? Because we take a stand. We're, if, we, if we are a believer, we're pro-life. We want There's the sanctity of life. We want to protect life. Amen? Amen? The, the Bible says that man and woman should get married and we get persecuted in the world because we believe that. And on and on and on. The world is going to hate us because we have values and we take a stand that's different than the world. This world is confused in many, many, many ways. Many, many places there's, there's the men's bathroom, the women's bathroom, and then there's that third choice. I, I, I don't get that. I mean, I know Adam, Adam and Eve were created in the beginning, but I'm not going to go into that. The world is confused. Can we just say it that, that way? That the world is confused in many ways. But did you notice that Jesus said, narrow is the way? Narrow is the way. But why is the gate that leads to destruction? Many people will be confused and will follow that, that gate of destruction. But few will choose the way of truth, which is narrow. Believers out in the world can get beat up. You can get persecuted for your faith, is what I'm trying to say. So here's a question. When we suffer persecution for following Jesus, what should our response be? What should your response be? Well, I would tell you this. Be glad. Be glad. Be glad. I get persecuted, Pastor Rick. Be glad. Can I read to you this scripture that will give you a better understanding? Luke chapter 6 and verse 22. Luke chapter 6 and verse 22. Blessed are you when people hate you and when they exclude you and revile you and spurn your name as evil on account of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy. For behold, your reward is great in heaven. For so their fathers did to the prophets. Are you kidding me? This is the Lord Jesus saying, when you get persecuted, rejoice. It says leap for joy. Count it joys, my brothers and sisters. 
When you encounter, when you face trials of different kinds, the book of James says, and here the, the Lord Jesus is saying essentially the same thing. On, on account of the Son of Man, if you get persecuted, rejected, leap for joy. Be glad. Be glad. Because great is your reward in heaven. Great will your reward be in heaven. Yes, you won't possibly see it on this side. But hey, these 80, 90, 100 years that we live here are but this in the grand speck of eternity. Amen? We are going to live eternal somewhere. And when, when the Lord is telling you, great will your reward be when you get persecuted, count it joy. Be glad. Amen. So let's just take care of that right now. We are going to be glad. We're going to say, I'm being persecuted. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Number two, we suffer in the flesh. We suffer in the flesh. Many times you'll read scriptures where the Bible is talking about the flesh. The flesh versus the spirit. It's not talking about this skin, this epidermis right here. It's not talking about that. What the flesh is, is meant, it's talking about the, the fallen nature that we all have. The sinful nature that we have because of Adam. Because of Adam's sin, we have all fallen. We all have a fallen nature. That's why we need to be restored by Jesus. But the problem is, when we're restored, that fallen nature is always trying to pull you down. The fallen nature is always trying to, hey, you know what you did back there. That's the fallen nature. Trying to pull you back down to take you back to that place you used to live in, used to be in. How many know what I'm talking about today? We all have that, that flesh, that, that fallen nature that wants to attack us at different times. And the thing is, it's especially tempting when we're suffering to say something out of the flesh that would be displeasing to God. How many know that? You can catch yourself in Walmart and be waiting 20 people in behind, you know, to get to that cashier that has taken their sweet old time. And you just want to get out of there. Whatever the situation might be, you might be in at the airport trying to get onto your airplane to get back home. And the terminal is full, everything's slow. I mean, and you want to say some choice words. You want to say something to somebody that's not doing their job. You want to wave at somebody who's just treating you really bad on the road and, and cutting you off. And you want to you really wave to them. But the old, the old nature rises up, right? The old nature rises up. And, and instead, you know, your, your answer should be, God bless you. God bless you. God bless you with that finger right there. God bless you. Amen. A believer doesn't use, can I just throw this in? A believer doesn't use foul language. And I'll just share again. Foul language is the forced expression of a feeble mind. It will stick in my mind forevermore when a pastor said that a long time ago to me. Did you catch that? Foul language is the forced expression of a feeble mind. And because I didn't want to have a feeble mind, I said, Lord, you got to help me with this foul language. you got to help me stop cussing. you got to help me. And he did. And he took it away. Amen. And I don't want you to have a, a feeble mind either. Amen. Amen. One of the things that helps me in dealing with things like this, when the flesh wants to rise up and just say what that person deserves to hear. Don't get me wrong. They deserve to hear that. But one of the things that rings true in my mind is WWJD. What does that mean? What would Jesus do? Yes, that was a big thing probably 
25, 30 years ago, they used to sell these little bracelets. I'm sure you can still buy them, but, but WWJD stands for What Would Jesus Do? And those things ring in my mind every single day of my life. That expression right there. When I'm faced with a dilemma, it's not what would Rick would do, because sometimes Rick don't want to do that, but I would just quickly say, Lord, what would Jesus do? And then I instantly know what to do. You ever catch yourself in those situations? Well, what would Jesus do? Or, or worse yet, he's right there watching. Amen? He's right there with you. So that's how I try and live my life at home, at work, in church. And I hope you try and do the same. Amen? I would encourage you to do the same. There's another scripture here found in 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 1. Listen to these words of 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 1. Since therefore Christ suffered in the flesh, arm yourselves with the same way of thinking. For whoever has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin, so as to live for the rest of the time in the flesh, no longer for human passions, but for the will of God. When we suffer in the flesh, our response should be to choose God's will. That's what it's saying. Choose God's will. Again, I would encourage you, WWJD, what would Jesus do? If that helps you, put it on your refrigerator, put it in your car. Remember it before you go have a conversation with somebody that you know is going to set you off. What would Jesus do? What would Jesus do? Amen? And I promise you it will help you. Our response again should be to choose God's will when we suffer in the flesh. What would Jesus do? Lord, help us to please you and not ourselves. I know it feels good to just tell somebody off sometimes. I know it feels good to just tell them and give them what they deserve. But, but God expects better of his kids. Amen? God expects, we're, we're kingdom kids. You're his daughter, his son. You are royalty. When they go low, we go where? High. High. Amen. I love that saying. Remember that. Point number three. We suffer when we make wrong choices. We suffer when we make wrong choices. I've covered this over previously and I'm going to touch on it again today. Sometimes we suffer because of other people's decisions, our decisions, bad business decisions, bad advice, etc. Other times it's, it's our wrong choice. We, we did that. Let me read a scripture to you and you're familiar with the story of Jonah. Jonah was fleeing from what God was asking him to do. See, God was telling him, hey, Jonah, I want you to leave Napa or American Canyon and I want you to go to San Francisco and I want you to preach the gospel to them. Tell them I'm going to destroy that place unless they repent. And I want you to go. But Jonah didn't do that. He, he didn't like those people over there. He couldn't stand them, the Bible says. And what did he do? He went to Oakland, got, or close by, got on a boat and took off as far away as possible. And you heard the story of Jonah and the great fish. It doesn't say a whale. It says a great fish, a large fish, swallowed him. So listen to this scripture here in Jonah chapter 1 and verse 3. But Jonah rose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and went down into it 
to go with them to Tarshish, away from the presence of the Lord. Do you know that some people even pay money to get away from the presence of the Lord? That's, that's desperate right there. That's desperation. People paying money to get away from the presence of the Lord. I just want to tell you, you can't pay enough money to get away from the presence of the Lord. He is with you wherever you go. Wherever you may want to hide, He is with you. Amen. Decisions that we make. Of course, if you know that story, Jonah repented, came back, preached the message that God intended all along. I knew, and I'll just share another story of decisions. There was another pastor friend that Anna and I had um, many years ago, pastoring large churches, and um, he got himself into, made some financial, poor financial choices. And it got to the point where it was so bad that a newspaper had contacted him and said, tomorrow morning, we're going to publish this about how you've led your ministry astray, you've robbed people, because this, this man actually made some terrible financial uh, things, decisions. And that evening, the man drove up to his home, his pastor, and put a gun to his head and shot himself. That's tragic, because of poor decisions he made. The decisions you make can affect your eternity. Yeah. Amen? It's decisions like that that cause us to suffer. His family suffered because of that. Tragic. Tragedy right there. If you're suffering today because you made the wrong decisions, the proper response is repent. Repent and take a new direction. Repent means you're walking this way and you're going to do an about face and begin to walk in a new direction. That's what that pastor should have done. Should have come clean, confessed, and said, I'm sorry, I blew it, I, con I confessed my sins and walked a new way. But no, he chose to take his life. God forbid that should be any of us here or any of our friends or our loved ones. Let me read this scripture to you. Lamentations chapter 3. Verses 22 through 23, and this is the Amplified Version. Listen to these words. They're for you. Listen to these words. It is because of the Lord's loving kindness that we are not consumed, because His tender compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great and beyond measure is your faithfulness. That was for each of you today. God is reminding you that, yeah, he, he could have consumed you already. He's a consuming fire, the Bible says. He could have taken you out a long time ago. But great is his loving kindness. His tender compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Every day that you wake up, it's a new day with the Lord. It's a new day for you to receive and be restored. Amen? Great and beyond measure is his Faithfulness. He is faithful to each of you. Don't ever forget that. Amen. And then my final point today is we suffer because we live in a fallen world. I think this right here would explain the majority of what goes on in our world right now. We live in a fallen world. You want to know why? There's so many, there's so many shootings. In, in Vallejo, in Oakland, in San Francisco, and everywhere you go, there's shootings. You want to know why there's so many sideshows going on? 
If you've never seen a sideshow, I promise you, you don't want to see a sideshow if you live close by. But it's because we live in a fallen world. Sin is rampant. People need to know Jesus. You want to know why there's racism in our world? It's a sin condition. It's a heart condition. People need Jesus. Let me read this scripture to you. Romans chapter 5 and verse 12. Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, talking about Adam, and death through sin, so death spread to all people, no one being able to stop it or escape its power, because they all sinned. All of us have sinned, the Bible says, and come short of the glory of God. That's why we need a Savior. We need a loving Savior because we live in a fallen world. It's all around us, everywhere you go. Can I remind each of you of this truth right here? This world is not our home. Amen. This world is not our home. We are just passing through this place. You are just passing through American Canyon, Vallejo, wherever you live. You're just passing through. Amen. Your home is in eternity with Almighty God, with your loved ones up there. Amen? Amen. It is not in this place. This world needs Jesus more than Ever. 2020 proved that. We were literally falling apart everywhere, every country, not just this great country that we live in. We were falling apart. People were fighting. They're still fighting with each other. Disrespect for authority in our streets. Lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, the Bible says. We see that increasing and increasing. God, please send your Holy Spirit. Heal our land. Renew our mind and our spirit in the name of Jesus. We need healing. So because we live in a fallen world, what should our response be? What should it be? Well, I'll tell you this. Remember His promises. Remember who God is. Remember who that God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is. The God that saved you. The God that's restored you. The God that's walked with you in the middle of your turmoil. Remember Him. Let me read a couple more scriptures and then we're going to be done. But in John chapter 10 and verse 10, it says this, The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. And Jesus says, my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. The thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. That's the world right now. That's the fallen world we live in. Drive-bys, kidnappings, murders, all the business that's going on in this world is because we live in a fallen world. But how many are thankful that as believers we have a, a protection over us? It's called the Holy Spirit. He sealed you, redeemed you, amen? He protects you. Yes. And even, here's the great news. Even if we're taken too early, we get to spend the rest of eternity with a loving Father, amen? Yes. That's the greatest news ever. Yes. Whether your life here is, is long or whether it's short and taken, you get to spend the rest of eternity in heaven. There's no greater news than that. Amen. Jesus never changes. He loved you yesterday and he's going to continue to love you tomorrow. Right. Doesn't matter what you do. Hopefully the Holy Spirit will speak to you though and, and you're not left in the condition, an unrestored condition, but that he would restore you completely. And the final scripture I have for you is this found in John chapter 16 and verse 33. 
more words of Jesus. And this is the amplified version. Listen, listen carefully how this one speaks to us. Jesus said, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows. But take heart because I have overcome the world. I have overcome the world. Jesus has overcome the world for you, for me. He's, a, he's, he's our help in trouble. Amen? Amen? You know, the word trials and sorrows, the word there that it's actually describing is tribulation. Tribulation. You've heard of the word tribulation. In the Greek, the word means thalipsis. And here's the actual definition of tribulation. See if you can relate to this. Intense, extreme pressure, what constricts or rubs together, used of a narrow place that hems someone in. Tribulation, especially internal pressure that causes someone to feel confined, restricted, and without options. I think that was 2020 right there. Yeah, we felt constricted, hemmed in. We couldn't do nothing. It seemed like everything was taken away. But thank God He is the ultimate option. Amen. Thank God we have life in Him. He can still restore us from a place like that. He brought us out of 2020 and He's, he's brought us to this point today. I see you all doing well. You're healthy. You're alive. You're full of joy. God is with you. Amen. Amen. He is still restoring you. And He's restoring your, your family. He's restoring your friends as we speak. So as we close today, if you're here today, or maybe watching us online today, God wants to restore you. Not next week, not tomorrow, but today. He's calling you and reminding you today how much He loves you. And that He doesn't want you to suffer anymore unnecessarily. He sees your suffering. He sees your tears at night. He's here for you right now. And if that's speaking to anybody here today, I would love to come and pray for you up here. I would love to be able to just say a prayer that would remind you of God's blessing for your life. God wants to lighten your load today. There's no reason for you to carry what you've been carrying. Give it to God. Give it to Him right now. He is the peace and the comfort you need. Why try to go through life struggling and suffering all by yourself and not giving it to God? We'll close with the blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up His countenance upon you and give you peace. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Have a wonderful Sunday. God bless you. Thanks for listening. For more information, be sure to check out our Facebook page at Foothill Christian American Canyon.